Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Three guys, three decades, three perspectives. Me and my cousins. It's a podcast. Morgan Coffee Co. is a small batch coffee company out of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. They feature unique blends inspired by the Jersey Shore, and every month they feature a new single-origin coffee from around the world and their new Flavor of the Month Club. Bean Morgan Coffee Co. is giving our listeners 10% off all coffee and their recently released K-Cups. Visit Bean Morgan Coffee Co. and enter Cousins10 at checkout. Bean Morgan Coffee Co., the roast from the coast. What's going on, everybody? It's Angelo Gingeroy from the Me and My Cousins podcast. I'm coming at you alone this week. Uh, Mike and Kenny, just too busy to join us, wrapping up the summer. We're going to have them back real soon, uh, catch up with them, see how the summer went, and talk about some you know, typical Jersey Shore summer shenanigans when Mike and Kenny get back with us. But for now, I have a very special guest, a guy that if you're, if you're in Monmouth County or at the Jersey Shore this summer, you've probably seen the Hummer going around. You've seen the name. I've seen some hats. I've seen some T-shirts. It's a very striking name. I, I realize we live pretty close to each other. I shot him. I creeped in his DMs on Instagram, and I wanted to know more about this company. Uh, if you know what I look like, you've seen me do stand up. Obviously, I don't have a lot of need for barbering products, but I do normally have a beard. When the mask era is over, I'm growing that beard back, so I'm gonna definitely check this guy and his company out. Uh, but for now, I want you guys to give a big, warm welcome to Jason DeSantis from Top's Toxic Masculinity. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here with you. Like I said, I, I've been seeing your Hummer for about six months, and it's such, a, especially in the era we live in, it's such a, a, it seems like a crazy business concept, right? But I think a certain, I yes. guess a certain segment of our population sees it and is like, I definitely want to be a part of that, right? So before we even get into the Hummer and the name and the Instagram account and the products that are dropping in later 2021, what is your background? How do you go from just like a regular guy working on the Jersey Shore to the owner and operator of Toxic Masculinity? First of all, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I, I appreciate you sliding into the DMs. Uh, being in the beauty industry, usually I, I, I get men looking to see if uh, I want to date them, but uh, you, were, you were business, so I appreciate that. And thank you for not throwing an egg at my truck. <laughs> no, man. I, 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 me and my cousins, we support most small businesses and I think what you, I think we kind of, when we were talking in the DMs, we kind of said the fact that I, I DM'd you about this podcast based on seeing the mm-hmm. truck kind of said it's doing its job, right? Because yes. it was, I, I see a million advertisements a day. I drive by a million new businesses every day in Ocean and Monmouth County. And most of them I kind of block out, mm-hmm. right? Your company, basically the name drew me to it. And I was like, I got to find out what this is. So I think if, if nothing else, you're doing that much right. You're piquing people's curiosity. What, uh, so how'd you get here? How's it, how's it happen? Uh, I've been in the beauty, I'm 47 years old. Um, I've been in the beauty industry since I was 26 years old. So I've been in the beauty industry 21 years. Um, I actually owned and operated along with my ex-wife, one of the top, uh, unisex hair salons in, in, uh, central New Jersey called Brush Salon. It was in West End. Um, I been in the beauty industry all my life. Uh, it's really all I know. I'm super passionate about it. Uh, it's it's kind of like the mafia. Like once you get in the beauty industry, you can't get out. Um, it's just fun. Uh, it's sexy. Um, it's lighthearted, but you also can make a lot of money in it. And and for me, um, what I always loved about it was the hospitality end and the service end. Um, 
because it was more than just hair. You can really change how someone feels about themselves and really change a perspective on the day. So for me, uh, when you can change someone's mind and how they feel about themselves, that's what I love. Um, but uh, I kind of, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, one thing, anybody who knows me and follows this podcast knows my day job is in the health and wellness industry. And one thing I really like about the health, the beauty industry that's way different is the results are immediate. You walk into a salon or a barbershop feeling one way, and you say, can you do X, Y, Z? The person does X, Y, Z, and you walk out feeling better, unless the person's horrible at what they're doing, right? It messes up your head completely. But most of the time, you walk out with what you asked for, and it's immediate, and I really like that. I think it's one of the few things that you're paying for a service, and you get the service, and you get what you paid for almost immediately. Listen, it's, to me, it's more about the service than it is about the actual work, because People don't know a, a, a fabulous or an exquisite haircut. They know how you made them feel. So for me, that's what I always loved. Um, so again, I never loved touching people and doing the hair. I love the service and hospitality end. But um, I owned my salon for 13 years from 2012, 2002, I apologize, to 2015. Um, I actually sold it. Uh, I launched another brand with a partner in Germany. So I sold the salon in 2015 to actually one of my stylists. Um, he actually ended up closing it and then opened something small on Spring Lake. And, and that's who I go to today, who's my barber, who's probably going to be one of the first flagship salons to be carrying the brand. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's great. And uh, kind of keeping it, if not in a family, at least in a company, which I think yes. is great. Listen, I, I, uh, he's like a little brother to me. And to see what he's done is, is amazing. Awesome. So let's say we're, we're out of the salon game mm -hmm. right now. How do you go from selling the salon to launching your own line of products? And where's the, talk to me about the, the idea of toxic masculinity. Um, again, right. Uh, I don't like to get political, but the brand is political. And uh, I believe in 2016, uh, after President Obama and you know, uh, President Trump uh, won off, won, won the election, um, they started coming up with all the, these these things about what is bad in the world and, and who likes Trump and, and the reasons for wars and the reasons for where we are in the world. And, and they coined the term toxic masculinity. And everything they used to describe these toxic men were adjectives and, 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 and descriptions of men that I looked up to all my life, whether they were my father, my uncle, teachers coaches, trainers. So I couldn't understand that these men that I thought were amazing men were actually bad and were actually toxic. Um, so I just, I, I really started really getting into politics then and really seeing where it was coming from. And again, you know, to me, masculinity isn't toxic. And I think we had a little bit of a conversation, you and I, and you said that we're probably going to disagree on some things, which I'm fine with because not everyone needs to see things the same way, but I think as long as we can understand and appreciate and respect each other, you can have a nice conversation. We miss that nowadays. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, man. What I always say is, right. and I feel like right around when you said, maybe the election before, maybe 2008, yeah. 2012, one of those elections, to me, politics became like baseball, where you were a Yankees fan, you were a Red Sox fan, and you were unwilling to listen to anything the other side said. Yes. That was good. I'm a lifelong Yankees fan, right? As but am in I. some years, you got to admit the Red Sox are good. They're better. They have a better pitching staff. They never years. used to be. Right. But for the but last 20 years, unfortunately, they're better. Yes. Right? And I think that's, and I think social media becomes such an echo chamber. 
right? If you're, just say, for example, you're a, a very liberal person, everything you see on your social media, either what you follow or what the algorithms give you, just reinforces your opinion, right? And same thing if you're on the right side of things. Yes, 100%. It's this, it's this weird idea the internet and social media happen with the idea of showing us all these ideas, but they just show us our own ideas in, in a slightly different prism. And I, we were not really, and I feel like the podcast there is pretty cool because we're having some longer yes. conversations. We're getting like, I, I'm assuming just based on some of the people I know this podcast, they're going to look at your truck and be like, that's the worst brand I've ever heard. That's toxic. That's the worst thing ever. Now, some of our followers are going to be like, we love this guy. We want to buy his stuff when it drops. But I think what's really cool about the era we live in now that's not 140 character tweets, you can come on and explain the brand to people. And I can ask some questions and we can have a good dialogue, which in the internet up until podcasts, I don't think really happened. No, and you hit the nail on the head, right? And whether it be friends, family, like there's a line in the sand and people are unwilling to, to cross it. Or And I think what happened, what really frustrates me is we can disagree, me and you. My best friend is, is a diehard liberal. He, he's my brother. He's an attorney. He's my best friend since we're 18 years old. You know, he's the most important person in the world to me besides my mother and my son. But we always agree to disagree and, and we know each other's character. And I don't look at him as right or wrong or evil or good. And I think that's what we do now. So I know when I made this brand, I wanted to be something important to me. And I didn't like how they were making masculinity toxic. And I think what happens is, um, I'm not going to put blame I think sometimes people confuse masculinity with macho. And to me, macho is bad and macho is toxic. I don't think masculinity is because I never met a masculine man that didn't take care of his family. I never met a masculine man that, that put his hands on a woman. I never met a masculine man that didn't get up work. I've met insecure macho guys that pretended to be masculine, but they're the bad ones. Yeah, And yeah. I think that's where the words get intertwined and... And I hope to bring positivity to masculinity because for me, it's about a mindset. Let me let me present this scenario to you. See if you rock with me on this, Go ahead. right? Go ahead. If if I'm if I'm at Bore, right, and yes. we're all drinking, having a good time, yes. and a guy steps on my sneakers and sculpts them, and I throw a punch immediately. To me, that's toxic masculinity, right? Now, if another if another guy throws a punch at that I, guy, I, I don't know, and I, I protect my wife or my daughter from getting knocked over in the brawl. That's good masculinity. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, but I wouldn't call hitting someone because someone stepped on your shoe masculine. I would probably think that's a buffoon or yeah. a monkey. So I think they throw that word masculinity around for every little thing when I don't think it's the same. Like kind of like like you know being feminine and being a feminist are two entirely different things too. You know, right. so it's like and and again, I, I just think some people are macho and insecure and people confuse it with masculinity or like you have a lot of guys that want to be pretend alphas like an alpha to me is, is is a man's man and you don't need to be muscular and dominant to be an alpha you need to be a man's man that gets up for work works hard is a good son a good brother a good friend takes care of their family that to me is a masculine man well like let's make an argument that if you're if you're the running in the salon and you have a couple barbers and stylists under you but you're the lead dog you're the alpha male in that work environment, right? Is that and that's not a negative. We need leaders. We need no. someone to step on me, whether it's a man or a woman. We need a leader. Yeah. That, I just want to make yeah. one thing clear to all the listeners and Mike and Kenny who are not here tonight. I am absolutely the alpha dog of the <laughs> Me and My Cousins podcast. Don't anybody ever forget that. But is that fair? What I said? Yes, but again, I think you know, there's 
there's leaders and there's bosses. And I think that to me gets into a deeper issue of like character and security, right? I think insecurities sometimes are louder than securities. And I think that gets masked a lot of times in, in men being macho and the type of guy that just because you step on a shoe, he hits you when it's like, hey, I'm sorry, my man. Like, I apologize. That to me is what a man would do, you know? Right. So, so I knew when I named this, that name Toxic Masculine Men's, I was going to deal with a rash of problems. And again, I think if someone actually listened to me and gave me a chance to explain why I named it that and why I think masculinity is good, I'm not going to win them over, but I think they'll look at it a little differently than they looked at it when they first saw something, right? So on the side of my truck, you know, one of our t-shirts says, be a man. And on the back, you know, it says, live, love, pray, protect, provide. How is that toxic? Uh, agreed. I, huh? uh, yeah, I, you're, you're preaching a choir on that one. So, um, so let me ask you this, man. Since ahead. you said you, you, know, you have a striking name for the business, have you seen any blowback yet? Have you seen anybody, you know, hate tweets or any, any of that stuff? And I, I'm an open book. I'm completely yeah. transparent. I would probably say 80% of the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, and predominantly, the positive comments are mainly from women. Okay, explain that. Why, why do you think that is and what kind of comments are you talking about? I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I get guys, I, even yeah. myself, mm -hmm. being like, that's cool. Like, yeah. I like what's going on here. I do see women not being as on board. So that's a shocking stat to me. How do you, how do you explain that? Um, I think we're at an age now where I think women are understanding the, the need of alpha men too. And I think, and it gets back to right macho and masculinity. I think it goes back to a feminist and, and feminine. I think they're two entirely different things. And, and I think sometimes they get confused too. So I think women now want men's men and they want they want a man that's a provider that's also a protector too you know because god forbid when excuse my language can i say the s-h-i-t word when when the shit hits the fan you know that person that's cranking out tweets in starbucks ain't gonna save them and, and, and i think they want you know a, a man's man to not only take care of them but also to have their back and protect them because a real alpha male He's not, that's what I'm looking for. He's not, he's not threatened by a super successful alpha female either, you know? An insecure man is. Yeah, okay. And, and I think this is what a lot of these, these women, these strong, powerful, successful women are realizing that in their climb to the top, they're thinking that masculine men are really, can't deal with them or don't want to deal with them. And they're going with men of a, a little more of, I would say, like beta males, a little bit more insecure and macho. They can't deal with them. And I think they're realizing that those people or those type of men are the ones that are hurting their growth. And they're looking for men that are secure, that, could, that will support them too. Yeah, I think, I think one thing, there's two things that are interesting about what you said. I want to just throw them out there and see what you think. Number one, the idea of a powerful, successful female is unfortunately only a generation or two old. It was completely impossible for almost anybody until probably the, the 1950s or so. The way society was didn't allow that to happen, right? It was the man worked and provided and a woman provided the support at home, right? Now we have a scenario where women can go out and make a ton of money, be a provider, 
And what I think where you kind of hit the nail on the head is the the idea of like, and I'll go back for a second. This all makes sense, I think, in a second. We kind of went back a couple of elections ago, right? But if you look back at TV and commercial in the '90s when I was a kid, there was so much based on women were smart, strong, powerful, and the guy, the husband, was a moron, right? So I'm talking about kids, kids that are you know 30, 40 years old now. You grew up well, watching Tim Allen men, be a moron on the men. Were, the men were dope, yeah. The men and were the dope. women were Sex yeah. in the City, yeah. And I really think, and now we even see it now on, on, on the internet. A guy, I, look, I love my wife. I've been married a long time. I have no desire not to be married, right? And I'm divorced, so so we, we, we have, have a, different and experiences. And me and my wife have a fabulous relationship. But these 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 tweets and these Facebook statuses on Mother's Day or the wife's birthday, I don't know where I'd be without my wife. My wife's Wonder Woman. I'm a buffoon. I don't. This is my thing. Me and my wife, we both work, we're both successful, and we both have nine to five jobs and successful side things we yeah. do, right? We've both written books. She's a very successful yoga teacher. I do stand-up comedy. I do this podcast. And our relationship works because we attack it like we're equals, right? Yes. I, I, for, to use a cliche, we were trying to be the Jay-Z and Beyonce of the Jersey Shore. Listen. We're not trying to be... Jay-Z married to a groupie or Beyonce married to a backup dancer. Yes, yeah, we're trying yeah, to come at like this. J- like J-Lo does. Yeah, exactly. We're not. We're trying to be Puffy and J-Lo from the late 90s. But we're trying to attack this like a two-headed monster. I'll tell you a funny story and about it, that. It worked. I, I, think, I think we found something that works. And I think that's the key. Where if you have equals and treat each other as equals, you could stay married and be successful. But if one person is always playing in the background, it's real hard for both people to be successful. Listen, I, I, I agree. And I think that's why... I think the support from women is overwhelmingly positive because I think they're understanding it now. And, and again, I think if a man is insecure, he doesn't want his, his wife, a woman, or girlfriend to succeed. He may like it initially because there's some sort of financial or some sort of benefit for him, but in the long haul, he can't handle it. So you need to be a successful man and a secure man to handle that. And, and I think sometimes... I get, right, like everything's different, you know. It's funny when you're younger, and like you have, you know, fathers that did well, and the mother stayed home, and you would see the mother stressed all the time. You know, and they were stay-at-home mothers, and you'd be like to your friend, "What's your mom stressed for? She don't have to work." And then as you get older, and you have kids, and you see the amount of work that goes into it, and the effort, and just the exhaustion, and you're like, "Wow!" Like you know what? <laughs> I, I would rather work a 12-hour day. No, I take that back. I'd rather spend every day with my son. It's easier to work a 12-hour day yeah, than, yeah. than to take care of a child for 12 straight hours. Yeah, dude. Cause, and here, here, I always make two jokes, man. One, the hardest 12, 13-plus-hour day I've ever worked came to an end. The family stuff never ends. It never ends. You clean every dish, they're getting dirty again. You make you know, three dinners a week, you got to make the fourth one. It's, it's relentless. It's relentless in a good way. It's yes. a unique time. I, yes. and I, I say I have a six-year-old daughter. She's great. I love her. Gets Most e- of the people get, that listen to even better. Yeah, and that's what people keep saying. I, I'm waiting better. for that to happen. But um, there's no job as relentless as having a family and keeping up a household. And I think every when I think we live in a weird time now, not a weird time, but a different time where I think roles are important, but it doesn't have to be the guy always does this, the girl always does this. I think you got to kind of split it up a little bit and make it fair for everybody. But that that home life, that housekeeping, I think got got slept on for way too long because you don't realize yeah what, as a kid you don't, yeah, realize. you don't realize and what you see and what you actually know are two different things and i remember when my son was born and my father was an amazing father you know he's no longer here but that's why if you notice on my uh my my logo and and predominant our brand is lions because my father had and and just 
a passion and a love for lions. So for me, that was something that was important that I uh, implemented into the brand. But he was like, you change more diapers in a month, Jay, than I change your whole childhood. And he was like a, a hands-on dad. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it was just different. Yeah, um, I, I have a great dad too. Yeah. He's great. He's a great grandfather to yeah. my daughter. And my, well, my dad says to me all the time, and, and I spent more time with my daughter by the time she turned five than he did by the time I turned 25. Just a game change. It's a it's different it's world. Different. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's, and it's not to say they were bad. Right. It's just what they did. Yeah, the you society's know? different. Yeah, it's different. Um, and who knows what, when they have kids, what that generation looks like, right? Um, like, but... I, I do think that it's important. Oh, I do think that it's important because I think mothers and fathers are different. They're equally as important, but I think children get different things from mothers and different things from fathers. And I think sometimes if the father's always traveling, you know, the son may not get that, that male influence in his life. And likewise, if the mother's always working, he doesn't get that motherly or nurturing, you know, influence in his life. And so it's, it's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to it too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, So it's like, it, it's a fine line that I think you have to dance around because I think if it's one way or the other, it hurts the kid. Like my son will say to me, I think he said two years ago, it broke my heart. And he said, daddy, you're my favorite and you're my best friend. He goes, but don't get mad. I think I love mommy more. And it, I'm like, that's the way it's supposed to be, Jackson. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You take care of mommy, daddy will take care of you. You know? But it's like funny how children look at things. Yeah, it, it is, man. It's, really, it's, it's an eye-opening Different because you have, you have a daughter. So, right. it, like, her feeling for you is different than it is for her mother. Just like my son's is with me and Mike's wife. Right, right, yeah. right. And I think one thing with a daughter, and it's kind of a cliche at this point, but I think one of my biggest jobs as a father to a girl as she grows up is showing her like what a man looks like and what he does and how he treats his wife and his family. I think if you don't have, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a sweeping generalization that I'm sure there are exceptions to. If you grow up with either a, a, a parents not in a great relationship or never seeing both parents, it's real hard to know what a marriage should look like if you've just never seen it, right? At least seen it in your own home. Yes. And I think that's one thing that parents should really focus on. Is like, like I would be a fool to say me and my wife never argue. We never disagree. That's life. It happens. That's life. Right? But we do everything we can not to do it if, or not do it in front of the or do it respectfully and argue about an issue and not start calling each other names or whatever it is. I think she, if you grow up seeing that, you're gonna, that's what you think a relationship should be. And, and you know what's funny? Like my parents were divorced. My, you know, my mother's remarried. My father passed away 2013, um, but I always remember him and my mother having an amazing relationship. So I know when I got divorced, I only, uh, you know, there was no thought like it, me and my wife weren't going to have an amazing relationship because it was important for our son. Um, and I remember my father always growing up, every birthday he'd get something from my mother. Every Mother's Day he'd get something from my mother. Every Christmas he'd get my mother a gift. And I do the same thing with my son because I don't ever want him to think that I never loved his mother or something like that because I think it's important for him to know whether I'm divorced or not. Luckily, she's remarried and he has an amazing stepfather, so he sees that there. Him, it's, you know, here it's just me and him. You know, we're kind of barely above, you know, evolution, but, you know, but it's a little different. Yeah, man, then, then that's great. And I think the, the, the coolest thing of what you're doing is kind of, it's working in the way that the name and the truck and the marketing is drawing people in. Yes. And then when you explain it, it all kind of makes sense. Stand up and laugh. Build a comedy scene, produce your own shows, and create community by Angelo Gingerelli is available now on microcosmpublishing.com.
If you're trying to make your way in a world of stand-up comedy, you can build your career while enlivening your local comedy community and mutually supporting your fellow humorists, and you can even have fun while doing it. Angelo Gingerly shares his hard-won advice for anyone who wants to create a comedy scene from scratch in a smaller community, carve out their unique niche in a larger city full of professional funny people, or anywhere in between. Lots of good tips here for anyone organizing community events from how to book venues, get publicity, and avoid drama. Also includes great arguments for starting or joining a comedy scene rather than thinking of yourself as a lone wolf and solid wisdom for being an asset to an existing stand-up community. Stand Up and Laugh by Angelo Gingerelli is available now on microcosmpublishing.com. What's the plan for the rest of 2021 with Toxic Masculinity? Are we in stores? Is it online? What's the, what's the idea? We're going to be launching October 12th, uh, and that's my son's birthday. So I wanted to, to make it a significant date. Uh, we were trying to launch Father's Day, um, but just with manufacturing, it, it, uh, it's taken a lot longer than, than I expected. Um, this is new to me. Uh, I've been in the beauty industry 21 years, but manufacturing is new to me. So I'm not a patient person and understanding, you know, when you want special things in products and you want, you know, special ingredients and organic ingredients, you know, uh, no one has them on hand now. So there's just a long, long lead time. Um, so we're launching in October, October 12th. Uh, we're going to go mainly direct to consumer um, because I think that's the way of the market now with online shopping and Shopify and Amazon and all sorts of, uh, you know, web-based uh, buying platforms. Um, I will go direct to salon too, because that's my, my experience in the beauty industry and I have a lot of connections. So I will go wholesale to salons, but the majority of my business is going to be direct to consumer. Um, okay, now is that your website or is it through an Amazon or a Shopify? No, How do people find it? it, it, it it's our website. Um, it's 90% complete. The Shopify store is up, but it's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're not able to purchase on it uh, yet. It's, uh, it's coming soon. Yes, it's okay. coming soon. Um, we'll, say, we'll say the name at the end. Yeah, okay. I'll make sure everybody can get yeah. it. And I'll throw it up in the show yeah, notes as well. Absolutely. So people will be able to find you, obviously, and link so, to your Instagram yeah. and all that stuff. But what what exactly are you putting out? Is it, I, Here's it's, that. Me, I think, again, I know nothing <laughs> I've been shaving my head since 2009. I've been shaving my beard the last couple of years. So I, I, well, we make it a uh, like hair gel, mousse, shaving yes. cream. What so, are we making? So um, we're launching. Uh, men are simple, right? Like um, men don't need the elaborate line and, 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 and numerous skews like women do. Um, so we're launching with, we're starting off with five hair care products. We're doing uh, an energizing and clarifying shampoo. Uh, we're going to be doing a, uh, a treatment spray, kind of like a tonic where it's like a leave-in conditioner. Also uh, a little, uh, hair stimulation, also like a weightless hold. And then we're doing three simple styling products. Um, a grooming cream, we're doing a, uh, a molding clay, and then we're going to be doing a styling pomade. Um, and we're going to launch with that next spring. We're going to be introducing three more hair care products and then Christmas of 2022, we're going to be introducing a body and skincare line. So we want to introduce it, you know, slowly, get some traction, get some buzz, because the last thing I want to do is is inundate a wholesale client with, you know, 17 choices, 17 choices. And I also don't want to confuse the consumer with 17 choices. Um, and then on the apparel end, um, 
we're going to be doing very, 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 very simple. Starting off with, uh, with five cool tees, uh, three hoodies, a couple beanies, a couple tank tops, just bold, simple, you know, fun things. Um, everything is made in America. Everything. I mean, from the tag, from the lid, from the screen printing. Uh, to me, um, it's important that everything is made in America. Did it increase my costs? Yes. But for me, you know, to pay 20, 30% more on something was a no-brainer because I, I can't, you know, be, you know, Mr. America and, and, and Mr. Toxic Masculinity and make America great again and getting things made in, you know, in foreign countries. So it, it didn't jive with what I wanted to do. I'm going to throw something out there too about the quality of, of merch, right? In general, I think some people would start in business kind of skip this step a little bit because you can get a cheaper t-shirt and get a cheaper hoodie yes. and then you buy it and you wash it once and yes. it becomes a workout t-shirt. It becomes yes. a, a sleep mm -hmm. t-shirt, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, think the, I think one of the keys is to put that money up front and have something people can wear for a year, two, three, four, five years and keep keep repping your brand because every time I, if I buy a t-shirt from a brand or something I like, I want to represent that brand. I want to help my friend out, help the company you, out. You don't want the screen printing to, to, to wash away and right, rewash it. Right. And if I if you can't if you can't do that, number one, it's it's a waste from from your end manufacturing end, right? You gave somebody a product, you charged them for it and it became garbage. They're yes. gonna throw the goodwill pretty soon. Yep. And secondly, the consumer I get angry when that happens. Like if I pay for a product and I can't wear it for at least know, six months, eight months, whatever it is, um I get like kind of upset about the company that sold me that product. Because I think marketing and, and name and, and, and keywords can only go so far. You have to have a quality product, whether it's a t-shirt, a hoodie, a beanie, a, a baseball cap. Um, see, like I, I try to have my words and actions match, um, and I think a lot of people don't, right? So I'll give an example. I'm sure you can tell by the name of my company, the Make America Masculine. Again, I think you kind of know where I stand politically, but right, there's a lot of people on the, on the right that are capitalizing on, on merch and, and their stores and their Instagram and their social media fame. And they're pro-America and pro-this and pro-that. But all their stuff gets made in China. And all their stuff gets made in, 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 in Guatemala and Indonesia. So I'm like, bro, like, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. It, it, it frustrates me. You know, it, that, that it, is, it, that it, is, it frustrates me. That, so, like, don't talk like that. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like... Don't badmouth China and make fun of, like, the China virus or whatever you're calling it. And then, in the same token, send them your money. Send them your money to make your goods because you can get it for two dollars as opposed to America, you get it for five dollars. Frustrates me. No, that, and that that is maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's why I don't have a lot of money. I'll be, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, man. If we're gonna start calling people being hypocrites on social media, it's gonna be a sixteen-hour podcast. So let's not call yeah, everybody yeah, out. Yeah, but I agree. And I just real some quick, of the people that I follow and and I and I like, but I'm just like, oh, your words and actions got to match. No, it's called character. And, and it, go, it goes a long way. And I want and I want to believe that if you have good character and you present a good product at a fair price, you can be successful. Not just everybody. And that's yeah, I, would I hope I, so. Yeah, that's that's the, the idea. That's the goal, right? I I think it's a blessing and a curse. This social media world, like you said, right? With with the politicals, there's the echo chambers, and you're only hearing what 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 you want to hear, and you're only following what you want to follow. But also, I think it's allowed a lot of people to be entrepreneurs because you can grow a brand in a way that you couldn't grow before. And, and it's actually funny. I got my beard trimmed today by my barber. And he's like, I remember, Jay, when I first started working for you, I must have handed out 2,000 complimentary haircut cards, the malls, the stores. And he's like, now you just got to post something on Instagram and you may reach 4,000 people when I had to do 2,000 free haircuts to get two new clients. So it, it's a gift and a curse, though.
two things on that. Uh, I, a barber came across my social media feed the other day, and the guy was wearing a hat. I feel like if you're going to be a barber, you should be showing off your own haircut, right? It's kind of a joke. Um, Second, I, secondly, yes, but the kind of it's like kind of like their style. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, I get yeah. That, that's yeah. fair. But secondly, how, real quick, how has the men's grooming game changed? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm in my 40s, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And when I had hair, I was getting a haircut once every three, four weeks, right? My hair kind of stayed the yeah. same. Now the young guys are doing the, the fades, the skin fades, the comb overs, and they're going to haircut at least once a week. And they're, they're, they're spending a lot of money over the course of the year to do that, which I, th- I think is great, man. I, but how has that changed drastically in the last, say, 10 years, just the style that the young guys are doing and how the I, upkeep it requires? I think over the past 10 years, the, the men's grooming industry has grown, I think, 11-fold. I think it's an eight. could be mistaken. I think it's an $800 million a year industry. The, the men's grooming industry, um, and it's just grown. I think men are taking better care of themselves, and, and it's okay for men to spend money on hair care, skin care, things to that effect. Um, in terms of the hair care, in terms of the haircuts and styles, yes, certain things are changing the frequency of when a man visits because of how they cut the hair, mm-hmm. right? That being said, it's also a business too. So there's also a little bit of a hustle involved in how a barber cuts someone's hair to make them have to come back in a week. Otherwise, they look awful. Um, you know, so me, I go twice a week. I haven't shaved my face or touched my beard in nine years. Right. So I go twice a week. It, it's one of the luxuries that, you know, that, that I, I afford myself. You know, I'm 47 years old. I have a son. He's my life. I coach him in two travel soccer teams. I also coach a flag football team. So the days of me going out to Manhattan and Atlantic City and Philadelphia, those days are over. So for me to go to the barber twice a week to, you know, to get the hot towel on my face, like that's like my spa day. You know what I mean? That's like me getting my table in Manhattan years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. De- definitely. You know? Definitely. As you get older, your kind of your view of fun kind of changes, yeah. definitely. And uh, dude also something said for being the, the freshest dad on the soccer sidelines. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna lie, my daughter's playing soccer, they're doing gymnastics, swimming. And like if I told you when I got to one of her practices or events, I didn't look up and down every other dad and be like, I got the best sneakers. I got the best ass. You got, I'll be friendly with them. When we walk out of I'm the coolest dad. Um, I'm not, I'd be lying if I said, I, 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 the same way I would when I walked in a high school cafeteria 20 years ago. Yes, you still have that a little bit in you. You know what yeah. I mean? You still have a little bit of that in you. Um, it's, listen, I remember growing up, we didn't come from much. Um, and I know my mother had me, I believe, at, let's do the math. She probably had me at 18 and a half. Uh, she married my father at 19. Um, I'm not a genius, but I think they probably got married because she had me. Um, and that's probably why it only lasted a year and a half. But I remember my mother always saying to me, we don't have much. And we may not have the most expensive items, but you're always going to look put together. You're always going to have your hair done and you're always going to have no wrinkles. And it's funny as I carry that through with me to today. And my son thinks I'm nuts. Like, I'll iron his bathing suit and I'll iron his soccer uniform because to me, it's like, I can't stand wrinkles. It, to me, it's like a sign of laziness. And, and again, I'm in the grooming industry. So I, you know, I take it up a notch. Like, my son gets his hair cut every week and a half. You know, his friends probably go once a month. And me, it drives me crazy. You know, and like, it gets me nuts when I see a kid getting out of a, a $90,000 Range Rover in wrinkled clothes and hair looks like he hasn't washed it in two weeks. Bothers me. One thing I think is interesting about your situation is you sold, I, I'm, when you were in the salon, I'm sure that's what you want to be doing then. 
sold the salon and got involved in this now as, as a young man, right? You didn't wait till I have to retire and to start. I think a lot of times people wait till they retire to do, they think their goal is retirement. And by then you're too old, you might not live that much longer. So I think one of the coolest things is you recognize right away, I want to have this brand and be in salons, direct to consumer, everything you talked about already and jumped on it, you know, early in your forties, didn't wait till you're 60 to do it. No, you know what? I, I've worked for myself since I was 28 years old, 29 years old. Um, I have to be completely honest. In 2019, uh, I, I had after I sold the salon in 2015, uh, I launched a company called Calligraphy Cut with my partner in Germany, and uh, we had it for four years here in America. Um, he actually was on the German version of Shark Tank called The Lion's Den, and um, it, it was a crazy learning experience. And we had a bad falling out, and uh, he kind of screwed me over royally. So I really didn't have an option. You know what I mean? I, I didn't have an option. And, you know, I wanted to do this, but I was always leery. But I said, you know what? You know, you get lemons, you make lemonade. And, and now I'm going to do something and it's going to be me. And I'm not going to have a partner because I want all the creative aspect. And I don't want to have to answer to somebody. And, and if I want to be bold and be a little crazy and, and be a little risque, like, I want to be able to do that. Um, and I think that's where I was with toxic masculinity. And again, I knew... I would deal with a rash, a rash of, 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 of feedback. Some positive, a lot negative. But I'm not big enough to be able to play in both sides of the playpen. So I needed to go after a niche and try to really own that niche. Um, and I think that's what we're going to try to do because there was a couple of companies that when all this stuff happened, you know, with, 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 with the tragedies, with, you know, a couple of the, the police officers, you know, murdering the, the, the individuals, and there was just a backlash on police and they're the worst people in the world. There were some companies that doubled down and really supported the police and they went through the roof. And I think that's made me feel comfortable that what I wanted to do, there was a market for that. Because I think what I'm doing is coming from a good place. I'm not coming from an aggressive and sexist place. And I think I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to explain myself, you know, because a lot of people won't. You know, and, and I appreciate that. Um, but again, I think masculinity for me comes from a good place. Um, and it's funny, I, I have a saying, I think it's on my Instagram. And it's like masculinity isn't toxic. You know, the absence of it is. And I truly believe that. Because I think it's weak, petty, insecure men that bring great harm to women and children. Jason, man, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, what else you got for us? We drop us the website, the Instagram. Tell us how to uh, become a fan of you the, the, and Toxic Masculinity. The, the website is ToxicMasculinityMens.com. Um, it's 90% complete. Um, we're actually launching October 12th. Um, it's my son's birthday. Um, he's my reason. He's my world. You know, he's a big part of why I'm doing this, him and my father. And um, I, I appreciate your guys' support. Uh, you can't buy anything yet. Um, we're going to get crazy in September with our, our, our marketing and an ad agency. Um, they're, they're going to be setting up a lot of, a lot of back office stuff. So when you, when you go onto the website, you can input your information, get on a waiting list. So when you launch, we're going to be doing some great promotions. We have some amazing ambassadors and influencers lined up. Um, uh, also too, with, with, uh, I'd be remiss to not say is, um, 3% of all of our sales, uh, we're going to be donating to the wounded warriors project, uh, which is a, a organization that, um, helps wounded uh, servicemen uh, with smart homes, um, medical treatment, things to that effect. And then we're also going to be donating 
uh, a percent and a half to uh, the Tunnel for Towers Foundation, which I don't know if you guys know, Stephen Sillers uh, was a fireman when 9-11 happened, uh, that uh, when the second uh, plane hit the World Trade Center, uh, he put his gear on, ran through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel from Brooklyn into Manhattan. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, and, and he died. And what that organization does, it gives mortgage-free homes and pays uh, for the children of those heroes that, that passed away in the line of duty, servicemen and police officers, mortgage-free homes, and takes care of their kids' college. So hopefully we could be donating a lot of money to those two organizations because at the end of the day, they're the real heroes. You know, They're the ones that allow us to live the amazing lives we do. And in a country as great as America where you know, an, an Italian kid that came from nothing can make up a brand called Toxic Masculinity Men's and, and wrap his Hummer and drive around like some obnoxious jerk. When really, I, I think I'm a pretty decent guy. Hey, man, I think if you prove nothing else in the last 44 minutes, it's that you're, in your words, a pretty decent yeah. guy. Listen, my goods outweigh my bads. Yeah, and that's all you can ask for, right? <laughs> hey, it. I want to thank Jason DeSantis a hundred times over for coming on, talking about Toxic Masculinity. Look out for that launch in the fall of 2021. And we'll be back coming at you next week, but hopefully Mike, Kenny, and myself all on the mics at the same time. For right now, that's going to wrap it up. Me and my cousins, it's a podcast. Ugly Pancake Productions has your comedy needs covered. Open mics, we got it. Showcases, we got it. Fundraisers, we got it. We are bringing some of the area's best comics all over New Jersey to your venue. Whether it's a brewery, whether it's a bar, whether it's a restaurant or event space, Ugly Pancake Productions has you covered with some of the best entertainment anywhere on the East Coast. 